When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Menes. It's our Boxing Day wrap-up of the action from the MCG. I'm joined by Paul Dennett. Paul, how are you? Merry Christmas. G'day, manners. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone. Yeah, Boxing Day wasn't a classic, but uh, looking at the positives, still in any sporting situation when you get 65,000 people to a, a game of sport, that's pretty good. There were some highlights of the day. It was, a, I suppose, a solid or garden sort of run of a, of a Boxing Day affair. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, forgive um, if there's some background noise where I'm recording. I'm at the Sydney Cricket Ground. I've, I've dashed from the couch from watching the Boxing Day all day. Now I'm at the SCG for the Sixers hosting the Melbourne Stars. So I'm, I'm going, like, all-day cricket. Then there's a another big bash game after this one, which I watch when I get home. So I'm going to put in a solid shift today of cricket ball. Yeah, so you're, you're, in, you're very much in your element. Um and oh yeah, look, I'm looking forward to watching a couple of the big bash games later on tonight as well. All right. So um, today, the big Boxing Day test matches, a, a test match. Australia went unchanged into the the match. Scott Boland uh, retained his spot. Josh Hazelwood didn't come up, and it's it's pretty much as we predicted, Paul. That if if Hazelwood wasn't 100 percent fit, that there was no reason to chance it. Well, hopefully that's um. um hopefully that they realised that was the right way to go. And they kind of said to Hazelwood, listen, let's um, give you an extra few days. We had the discussion before. I would have picked Boland anyway. But I think it's um, the right outcome has been reached in the end. As much as I love Hazelwood, I think it would have been a bit of a travesty for Boland to miss out on this match. So um, South Africa made one change. They um, dropped um, Rassi van der Dusen and brought in Theonis de Bruyne um, into the middle order. So that was the only change they made. And then um, something really surprising happened at about 10 o'clock. Australia won the toss. It was a good-looking batting pitch. And for some reason, Pat Cummins just decided, oh, no, we'll bowl first. I almost I almost choked on my leftover turkey. I would have batted first. Uh, but I don't think it was the, the – you've been blowing up about it all day. And in some ways, I wish that South Africa finished the day at three for 300 just to get a – a lovely addition of Mad Menas. Uh, you know, I think that there were some reasons for bowling first. I mean, they were saying that um, one of them would be because the South African batting lineups a bit weak to get them in again. That's a nonsense reason. I hope that's 
that, that anyone who does that reason doesn't realize that eventually the South African batting lineup will have to bat again. Cricket, it's not just one team bats, both sides do eventually get to bat. But a, a decent reason is the fact that it's going to be 37 degrees tomorrow. Um, uh, I think that's a, a day you really don't want to be bowling in. And, uh, you know, there's enough in the wicket to suggest that it wasn't the worst decision, but it's not the decision that I would have made, but I'm not as angry as you about it. Yeah, well, look, what really annoyed me about it is that Australia have not won a series against South Africa for three, for three well, we've lost our last three series to South Africa on, on home soil. It, we shouldn't be taking any chances. We're 1-0 up in the series. We win the toss. It's a decent batting pitch. Why give them the chance to defend the total, which is their strength when they've got a good bowling side? You know, if they can scramble to sort of 280, 300, maybe they, you know, all of a sudden put pressure on Australia. I just don't see why you'd open the door. Now, the results no, not... suggest... Go on, sorry. Well, well, results will suggest Cummins got it right, but I think it was a very fine thing. At one stage, uh, South Africa were one for 56, and then they kind of imploded with a series of catastrophic shots and runouts and all sorts of things. But a, a better batting side could have made Cummins pay for this decision. And, you know, I know, look, we have to get him in here, Ian Chappell. It's been a while since we brought him up. What, what's the expression, you know, nine times out of ten you think about um, – Nine times out of ten, you bat first, and on the other time, you think about it and bat first anyway. I mean, I, I just thought Cummins got a bit too smart. And look, I, he might get away with it, but I don't like it. Well, for a start, that tired old cliche. It's not Ian Chappell's creation. That's been around for 150 years, that cliche. Chappelle's um, <laughs> oh, on the mind. <laughs> God almighty, yeah. I mean, I think WG Grace was, was quoting that. Um, and you're talking about it as though it's a massive disadvantage to a bowl first and that Australia has done so thinking, oh, we don't care whether we win this series. Of course, they did They did it because they believed it was the right thing to do. And it may well, and it's looking like it's a reasonable sort of decision. I just don't think that um, with the drop-in pitches, I don't think that the toss makes as much of a difference. I suppose it is possible that if, it, the, if the sun bakes it heavily tomorrow, that in the fourth innings, Australia could have a difficult run chase and then maybe, um, you know, your criticism will be very much more, uh, will, will look a lot better in the light of that. I thought it was strange by South Africa to drop um, Van der Dusen and bring in De Bruyne. I, I think that they needed an extra batter. I'd have been trying to get um, Heinrich Klassen in there somewhere, but, uh, you know, maybe Maharaj will do well in the second innings, as I said. I guess another thing that annoys me about the Cummins decision, and it sort of it seems to be like a few things that they, they think they they're going to just reinvent the game, like that everyone that come came before them doesn't know what they're talking about because uh, with good reason you bat first most of the time, and I just think it was a bit smug. It was a bit careless, and if we end up having to chase, you know, two hundred on a wearing wicket against this South African attack in the fourth innings, I will be blowing up deluxe because I want to bit win the series three nil, and there's no reason we shouldn't. So um, anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. I was very, very disappointed. Yeah, and I feel I still think I know you're going to deny this, and, and maybe you actually genuinely believe your own denial. But I think if we could check inside your brain, you have still got this insane belief that oh, Cummins got my favourite Justin Langer out of the side, and therefore I'm angry at him. So anything he does, I'm going to kind of get angry at. And I think you need to let that go. And I know you're going to say you're not; it's not true. But I think deep down, there's a there's a there's a, there's a kernel of truth to it. 
absolutely not. I'm a I'm a massive Pat Cummins fan. I think he's terrific. He's one of the the best guests on this podcast. Uh, I've been commentating on his brother's team and chatting to him. Lovely What's that family. Got to do with it? What are you? Uh, I wish are, Cummins all the best. Name dropping the fact, the fact that he's been on this podcast that you've commentated his brother. What are those two points got to do with anything? I'm just saying that I really like Cummins. It's not a personal. It's not a personal attack on Cummins. I just think you know sometimes he gets decisions wrong. It doesn't mean I don't like him or I've got some v- vendetta against him. Um, I just don't. He got this one wrong today. Yeah, it's a pity they only. Yeah, it's 198. What a shocker. 189. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Close. Close. So, yes. So, South <laughs> Africa were bowled out for 189 and uh, Australia were 45 for one at the end of the play. I'm reading this off quick info. So, um, that's why I gave you the English score. One for 45. Of all days, it should be one for 45 on Boxing Day, Australia's okay. greatest cricketing day. Um, uh, so, Australia, South Africa's in was kind of a tale of two sort of collapses they were at one point they were five for 67 and it looked like they were going to get bundled out for a very low score and then Verena and Janssen put on 112 and then they lost five for 10 at the end to crash from five for 179 to 189 all out it was there's a peculiar innings Paul a sort of um I don't know punctuated by some very silly shots and running I suppose, in summary, it's probably um, not unexpected given that they have got a fairly modest batting lineup. The Australian bowling lineup is very good, and there was a little bit um, in the pitch that it's probably in the ballpark of, of what you might have expected. Elgar was a, a curious way to run himself out and to not even dive. Uh, maybe I don't understand that. Um, how you can be a professional cricketer, a really good one, and not have in your um, kit bag the ability to dive full length. We saw it the other night in, um, it was the Big Bash, Ollie Davies dived in and made it. Um, Elgar from that same position wouldn't have made it. Why wouldn't you dive with 65,000 people in and um, loads of people staying up during the night in South Africa? I don't understand that. Well, and that was the first of a couple of magic moments from Manus Labashain in the field. So, um, South Africa sent into bat. They would have batted first. Irvi was the first out when the score was 29. He was um, out to the MCG magician Scott Boland. Fitting, he took the first wicket. But then um, Tannis De Bruyne played a, an awful shot to get caught um, by Carey off Cam Green, uh, trying to pull a ball that was too full. And at this stage, things were going okay. Dean Elgar had dug in, and then he just pushes one in to the infield, sets off for a quick single. Marnus um, pounces on the ball, directed at the non-striker's end, gets gets Elgar's wicket. So that was costly. And then he took a great catch to dismiss Zondo off Stark at cover, diving to his left. Uh, a couple of magic performances from Labashain when his captain really needed to back him up after the strange decision to bowl first. Oh, man, was, you got to let it go. Um I didn't think the Bruyne shot was that bad. I, I think that in, in general, they are playing too defensively, the South Africans. And so I've got no, I can't really criticise someone trying to, to force the issue. I think that Verena, um, you know, the only one really to, to, to score at any rate, there's no surprise that he, he batted pretty well. Um, and uh, just before I forget it as well, one thing I did want to say is it's, it's very nice to have South Africa back playing in the MCG Test match. Uh, it's been 14 years 
since they last played a Boxing Day test match. And I always thought it was bizarre that they didn't come. And I know that they were saying, we want to create our own Boxing Day test match. You shouldn't have the, the sort of monopoly on it. But the reality is the reality that they have in their last two or three tours missed out on this opportunity to play in front of a big crowd in you know the, the red letter day. Uh, it's great to see them back. Yeah, I agree. I think the last time they played there, we, we mentioned that test with Fatima, wasn't that the one with Stain and um, uh, <laughs> who's the left-hander again? Um, Dumini put on that massive partnership to um, take the game away from Australia. Yeah, it wasn't Stain. You mean Stain got wickets? No, didn't Stain put on like 200 um, batting? Oh, now... My memory is now really seriously under threat. I, I've, I, I used oh, to be able to rely on just remembering games. I watched that game, but yeah, I can't comment on that. Um, it's, it's, it's a sad, well, it's a sad indicator gonna, of my age. I'm going to while we're talking. Well, but anyway, let's get, look at this one. I agree with you. Great to have them back. Um, so, uh, Verena, 52 off 99, uh, fine innings. Marco Janssen, I thought, played well, 59 off 136. And those two, I mean... When they got the score to five for 179, it looked like they could scramble to 250, 260 and, you know, get something above 200, which they've struggled to do this year in test cricket. But then Cam Green came on and I actually thought Cam Green benefited from a pretty good spell by Mitch Stark before that. But he came on and then just destroyed them, took um, – he ended up with figures of five for 27, took the last four wickets in 11 balls. It was quite phenomenal. It's like Cam Green is so talented that up till now, he's deliberately been self-sabotaging by listening to them when they've said just bowl bounces. It's like, this is, this is the way that he can bowl. He's a fantastic bowler. And throughout his test career, largely, he has been given appalling advice to just drop the ball in short. Today, he bowled, uh, after a few short ones early on, he just bowled sensibly. And look what can happen. Um, this is uh, this is a very very welcome um, turn of events, and more. He should do this all the time. He should mimic Glenn McGrath when he bowls, and not try to be some sort of parody of Sean Tate. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, You're looking up the result. You're looking up the result, weren't you? Well, I'm trying to um, this Dale Stain score. Yes. Okay. So Australia. This is in the last time we played them. 2008. Australia batted first, made 394. Then. In reply, South Africa were seven, sorry, eight for 251. And then Dale Stain and Dumini put on 180. Stain made 76, Dumini 166. Do you remember uh, never, now? No, no, I don't. Um, I'm not, I wasn't sort of disputing it, just saying I just didn't remember it. In my defence, I was working full-time in a job that was very stressful and there wasn't quite the same kind of um, – you had to set your VCR back then probably in order to be able to, um, to watch it again. So, um, yeah, it's, it's slipped me by. And I'm probably happy that I didn't see it. It was very painful, I've got to say, because, I mean, we had them on the canvas and then they get this sort of lead on us, um, you know, 65 run lead, and then they bowl us out for 240 and win, win by nine wickets. Anyway. Back to this test match where we're dominating despite Cummins' captaincy. So we, we bowled them out for 189. Um, and then in David Warner's 100th test match, he strides out there and he smashes 32 not out of 51. Manus Labashane is five not out, but Uzma Kawaja is caught behind for one of Kigizo Rabada. 
Um, I thought it was a really nice little session for David Warner in his 100th Test match. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really pleasing to see him uh, come correct, get proven correct on what he said he was going to do and play a little bit more like the David Warner of old. Um, That was great to see. I don't think they bowled especially well to him. They bowled some good balls, but I thought that Rabada was um, a little bit inaccurate. And I, I just think that in general, they have. I, I was really disappointed from a uh, hoping this was going to be a contest point of view, hearing Unric Norkia talking in the lead up to it as though we're going to bowl lots of bounces as though that's the right thing to do. It's just not. It's just silly. Um, you bowl lots of bounces when things aren't working, but when you've got a ball that's moving around a bit and you've got the brilliance that their four quick bowlers have, they should be bowling much more boringly, hitting the top of off stump with the occasional bouncer. And it's like, I don't even know why that has to be said, that, that, that it just, it's just, just weird. So hopefully tomorrow, from the series point of view, they go out and bowl with much more discipline. Um, so a big first two hours tomorrow. I know it's cliche, Paul, but if, you know, if Australia um, has a good session and then can set about to put a big lead on South Africa. It's really going to be hard for them to get back into the test match. But conversely, if they can get a couple of early wickets tomorrow morning, uh, then who knows what could happen. Yeah, I mean, I I suppose that if they can restrict Australia to even 300, which Australia would obviously be in a strong, strong position, uh, if they could keep them to something like that, then they're still at least in the game. And then if the pitch does start to play some tricks in the fourth innings, maybe they've got something um, uh, something they can gain from it. But uh, from the from the point of view of the series, if Australia tomorrow uh, cruise past them and 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 look 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 at them in the rear vision mirror, then we're going to have had um, you know all of last summer England didn't really compete. Um, this is now the what will then be um, only one Test match left in this summer. We're on the verge of having two summers in a row without real, any real competition. Test cricket needs that in this country. So hopefully they can hit back tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I hope Australia bats really well and puts on a huge total and grinds South Africa into the dirt. Uh, but Boxing Day will be remembered for Cameron Green taking his maiden five-wicket haul at test level, five for 27. Congratulations to Cam Green and to David Warner, who becomes the 14th Australian to play his 100th test match. Now, there was a lot of lovely tributes to Shane Warne today, Paul. I don't know if you caught many of those. Uh, I missed the start where they were wearing the, the, the white fobbies, but I like that. And uh, I think it's nice. It's, um, it's um, a very nice thing to have these tributes, the first Boxing Day test match since his death. Um, I, I said the other day when, when asked, it just still seems to me very bizarre that he is dead. He just feels so alive. I see so many highlights of him and um, bits of him in commentary and he looks still so vibrant in there. And it's just, um, it's hard to take that, that he is dead. Um, but it was nice to see the, the, the crowd applauding him. And a fitting tribute by Cricket Australia. They have announced that, I guess you would say the second most prestigious award in cricket in this country will now be named um, after Shane Warne. So the Men's Test Player of the Year Award will now be the Shane Warne's Shane Warne's Men Test Player of the Year Award. So I think that's a lovely tribute to our, you know, finest ever test bowler. Um, you said of Shane Warne. Uh, Bill O'Reilly's being named after, is it? Oh, I didn't realise that. <laughs> don't um, you start. Well, don't don't make unfounded statements then. Um, Who's our no, highest wicket taker, the, our leading wicket taker at test level then? And when Alex Stewart was England's leading run scorer, you were saying he was their finest batsman, were you? No, no, no. Anyway. 
Um, let's not get into that. Um, it's a, I, I agree. Absolutely. It's, it's the right thing to <laughs> I believe do. I you're shitting all over Shane Warne on the day they've named an award after him. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, I, I just like accuracy. Um, and <laughs> um, all I'm saying is this, a uh, separate point. It's wonderful that they've named the Great Southern Stand the Shane Warne Stand. I completely agree with that. I completely agree with them calling um, the, the Test Player of the Year the Shane Warne um, Test Player of the Year. But what I think that, that every sporting body should do is say, stop waiting until people die to give them these honours. They should have, um, you know, let, let, let's proactively start to do, do more of what the case is in um, the opposite extreme where Jimmy Anderson gets to run in um, and bowl from the Jimmy Anderson end um, at, uh, at Old Trafford, I think it is. So uh, they, they should start doing these things proactively when people are still alive so they get to enjoy them a bit more, as they've done with Alan Border. Yeah, they did that to Dean Jones and he said, no, no, please stop giving the award out in my name. So, well, that was a special case. He wasn't, he was angry. You know, there was a, there was a, there was a bit of bad blood. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking about dead people. Happy Christmas. Um, <laughs> all righty. So, look, uh, we've, we've got to let everyone go. Um, I'm going to get back to watching the big bash. So, the, the test, you would say, Australia dominated the first day. South Africa all out for 189. Australia won for 45. Uh, Paul, um, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, we're going to be doing these daily reports uh, every day. I'm also going to try and get some interviews with Big Bash players after play, which I could stick on the end of these reviews to give you an insight in what's happening in the Big Bash grounds around the world. But I can tell can you, I predict one? Geez. Can I predict yes. one? You're going to walk up to every yeah. player and say, had, given that the NBL had a, a successful Christmas Day um, affair yesterday, how would you feel about the Big Bash being played on Christmas Day? And they will give you an answer. Oh, Christmas Day is all about family. I really enjoy the fact that we get to celebrate Christmas with our family. Uh, ultimately, if they just did decide to play it on Christmas Day, I would, um, I suppose I'd have to play. But at this stage, I'm quite happy with a not or something to that effect. Ten, ten of those. It's not a very good prediction because I told you I was going to ask them. No, so. I'm predicting their answer. <laughs> Anyway, um, look, you've got all that to look forward to, listeners. Uh, so um, I hope you had a great holiday. Um, well, whatever you celebrate, wherever you are, had some great time with your family. It is peak cricket season. Cricket Unfiltered is the podcast to keep up with all the cricket action in Australia. So subscribe, rate and review the show. Tell all your friends. I'm on Twitter at Amenas. Where can they find you, Paul? At TikTok at Paul.Dennett. So D E. Double N E double T. Thanks everyone for listening. Back tomorrow. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.